0: Thank you, Mark. It's a joy to be here with you this morning. I consider it a real honor to get to come do this. You know, I know because you love the Lord, you're going to church on Sunday morning. Scripture tells us that we shouldn't be forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So I knew you were going to church, but you could have said, Todd's not going to be here, so this would be a good time for me to visit someplace else. But you didn't. You came, and I consider that a great honor, and I appreciate you being here. And I appreciate, well, Joanne and I love and appreciate you. You're a great part of our lives. Many of you who are a little bit older, we've taught Sunday school with and done a lot of work with, done things over the years. Some of you who are younger, you don't know, but I've been watching you, and I'm impressed. We've got some of the finest young men and women that I've collection of young men and women that I've ever seen anywhere. And I, I praise God for the way that you serve God. and We're praying for you and we want God's best in your life. When I was a pastor many years ago, I uh, used to write out a very extensive sermon outline basically a manuscript, but then I would memorize it and I would take just a little bit of an outline to the pulpit with me and just glance at it once in a while because I remembered everything. But I always wrote out the introduction incomplete because I knew when I stood up there and introductions, you know, I think introductions are to get people online with you so that you're thinking the same things and you can say the same thing. But I'm not so sure because frequently an introduction for me is to give me a little time to get a little past the biggest nervousness before I get into the meat of the message. I always wrote out the introduction because I knew I was going to be really nervous at that time. I went into Todd's office a while ago and started going over my notes and noticed one page was missing. The introduction. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. I've also... Got another problem this morning. I'm using a Bible that I haven't used very much for one reason. I went up to Plainview a couple of weeks ago and preached and took my little Bible up there and I couldn't read it. The print was too small. I always wondered why all these older preachers used to carry these huge Bibles with them. Now I know. But it's a little harder to handle. I don't know how many years ago it was, is when Keegan was here. Started meeting with a couple of men on one morning a week for breakfast. Mark and Jim and I still are still part of that group and still meet together. And we looked around and saw all these old, all these old men meeting for breakfast every week. Now we look around and we see all these young men meeting for breakfast every week. We are the old men. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, I really want to look at verses 6 through 16, but let's start reading with verse 5. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And we pray together again. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the honor of being with these folks at Melanie Park and being able to study the word of God together with them. Would you speak to us from your word this morning? Would you use me as you would have may be used in doing that and would you help all of us gain by the power of your holy spirit and through your word something that would help us to be more Christ like when we live, leave here this morning and to be more effective in our witness for you and in all things may your greater glory be our chief concern. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. It shouldn't be too difficult to convince people that we are living in evil days. When I began... Preparation for this message, a man dressed as the Joker walked into a Colorado movie theater and murdered more than a dozen and injured nearly 60 people. I looked up the headlines in the AJ and KCBD this morning to see what's going on and read of a SWAT team and A narcotics warrant being served right here in Lubbock. I read of a nearby school superintendent who was going to prison. I read of a murder who, a mother who was sentenced to life for murdering her child. I read of a high ranking government official who resigned in the midst of a sex scandal. I read that Iran and North Korea have joined in a nuclear pact, a pact that cannot be anything but trouble for the rest of the world. And while the Middle East is teeters on the brink of nuclear war, massacres, murder, and terrorism continue there and throughout the world, and it goes on and on and on. Can anyone not doubt that we're living in dark? evil days. How do we make the most of that time? In Tolkien's The Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo made the comment, I wish none of this had happened. Which Gandalf replied, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is is what to do with the time that is given us. That's the way Gandalf put it. This is the way Paul put it. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How are you supposed to make the most of every opportunity to redeem the time in these dark, evil days? Days of the 21st century. Well, let's go back up to verse 6. And this is where Paul spells it out for us in this passage. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Don't be deceived by empty words. Paul said this because people are going to try to deceive you. One of the most common terms for empty words today... I think it's political correctness. And as much as we decry political correctness and want to be politically incorrect, I would tell you that, but so often it is very hard not to be swayed in the direction and desire to be more politically correct. Because we want to be accepted because we want to be able to share effectively the message of Christ. And as Christians today, we are accused so much of being intolerant, bigoted, out of touch with reality, that we go too far to prove that we're not bigoted. We're not intolerant. We're not out of touch with reality and we go so far that we adapt and accept and even adopt the ways of the world we've been deceived with empty words to the colossian christians paul said it this way see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on christ You're being fed a message that depends on human tradition. But we've got a message that depends on Christ. Don't be deceived by empty words in these dark days. Let's go down to verse 6, or the latter part of verse 6. Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient, therefore, Do not be partners with them. What things are you talking about? Well, that's why we go back up to verse 5. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Because of such things, as those he mentioned, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Let's look at the parallel passage. Mark this in Ephesians 5. We'll come right back. But let's turn a few pages to the right to Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. We need to talk just a little bit about the wrath of God, simply because the wrath of God is talked so little about these days. But the Bible talks about it. Now, the Bible says God is love. The favorite passage says the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Scripture says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But the Bible also says God is holy. God is just. He does not leave the guilty unpunished. And for our God is a consuming fire. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at verse 30. Be patient with me. It may take me a while to get there. Hebrews 10 verse 30. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We don't like to talk about the wrath of God. But the Bible talks about it. Jesus said, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. God will exercise His wrath. Look with me at another passage, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Again, verse 5. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right and as a result you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in a blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. In Revelation, he talks about the wine of God's fury that was poured out full strength into the cup of His wrath. God will exercise His wrath. Now, I don't want to leave a discussion of the wrath of God without looking at this passage in 1 Thessalonians. Please turn with me to chapter 5, verse 4. You brothers are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night nor to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate. And the hope of salvation is a helmet. Listen to this, verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. The wrath of God is sure, But if you are a believer, God did not appoint you for wrath. But, in this passage we're looking at in Ephesians chapter 5, talks about the things that God's wrath is coming on unbelievers because of their immorality, their impurity, their greed or covetousness. Why would you want to participate in any way in any of that? Why would you want to be a partaker of anything that you know angers the God who so loved you that He gave His only Son to suffer and die for your sins so that you could have eternal life? Don't, Paul said, don't. Be partakers with them. Isaiah said in Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Too many around you are calling evil things good continually. I get a little squeamish, I think, When somebody recommends a movie to me and then says, but it's kind of dark, then why do I want to watch it? Because I don't want anything to do with darkness. I have a criteria and this is personal and this is free, but when, it's not in my notes and it's not even in the page I forgot, but when somebody talks to me about something like that, I have a question. Are the good guys good guys and the bad guys bad guys? And if that's the case, maybe I can handle it. But when the bad guy is considered a good guy, that's when I can't handle it. When dark is elevated and considered to be what we're looking for, I can't handle it. When darkness is called light and light is called darkness, I can't handle it. Too many around us are calling evil things good. Don't join them. Don't be partakers with them. Don't you instead live as children of light. Verse 8, chapter 5 of Ephesians. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. You were once darkness, but now you are light. In scripture, light often represents the truth. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Darkness is ignorance of truth. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, Paul wrote, the God of this age, He's speaking of Satan. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. For God who said light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. John said, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Jesus spoke again to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Another time Jesus spoke to a crowd and said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. A few of you, maybe they still do it, but I know some of you are old enough When the earth's crust was still cooling, you went to vacation Bible school and you learned this song, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Shine all over Lubbock. I'm gonna let it shine. Do they still sing that? You live in a neighborhood that is mostly dark. Without the truth. Without morality. You probably work or maybe go to school in a place that is mostly dark. For some people, family reunions are dark gatherings. In all those places, you have a responsibility. Be light. You can't say, I can't. You cannot say, I'm not strong enough. You can't say, I don't have what it takes. You do have what it takes. This little light of mine I'm not going to say it's bad theology, but I think it's incomplete theology because there's no little about it. Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. And as a believer, you are in Christ. He is in you. Therefore, you are the light of the world. So, be light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. You're bearing the fruit of goodness, righteousness, and truth in a dark place. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, you're, that they may see your good deeds. You're being light. Verse 10. And find out what pleases the Lord. You're not sure what to do on certain occasions? Find out. It's not going to come automatically. You're going to have to do some research. I've got a big book at home called A Strong's Concordance. and Maybe you have one too. And I lay it out on my table and now I either put on some different glasses or I get a magnifying glass, but I still use it. Look up that word. Follow it through Scripture. What do you have a question about? Follow it through Scripture. Find out what the Bible says about it. Research. Find out what pleases the Lord. If you don't want to use that big book, hit Control-F on your Bible program. And research that Word. Or whatever it is you do on that fancy-dancy phone of yours that has that Bible app. Maybe you highlight the Word and just go through it all. I'm not sure. One of these days I'm going to have to get one. But I just recently got a cell phone, I think. But you find out what pleases the Lord. It may take some work, but find out. And that's what you need to do. And that's how you need to decide what to do. Find out. What pleases the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that you should act holier than thou, but rest assured of this, you will be accused of acting holier than thou. But when they accuse you of it, just remember what Peter said live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds. And glorify God on the day He visits us. Verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. But rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention... What the disobedient do in secret. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. You shouldn't even talk about those things. Don't talk about them. Don't joke about them. Don't honor them. Don't give them a place of honor in the middle of your living room. On that screen that's on your desk. But at the same time, don't retreat into a hole. You know, going into a hole never made anybody any holier. Don't retreat into a hole. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. People don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before men. They may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, your light will expose the fruitless deeds of darkness that you don't talk about. But don't be afraid to say that's wrong when it calls for it. But I think even more, by your life, you need to show this is right. This is Christ. This is the light. You are the light of the world. It's a big light. It's a complete light. It's the Christ light. You are the light of the world. Live like it. If you are in Christ and He is in you, you are light. You have the light. You have Christ. Live like it. Let your light shine. Don't be intimidated. Don't be deceived. And expose the dark. Why do you want to do it? Well, you want to do it for one reason. You want to bring as many people as you possibly can out of darkness into this marvelous light. You want to do it because Jesus, whom you love, who died for you, told you to be light. Ultimately, God's glory is at stake. You want to live as children of light for his glory. To honor and glorify him. Can we pray together again? Father. You said that we are light. And that we are to be. The light of the world. And that we are to live. As children of the light. Help us not to be deceived. By empty words. Help us not to be deceived are taken captive by hollow and vain philosophy but help us to find out what pleases the lord and help us to do those things that please you and in so doing be light in the darkness that surrounds us would you encourage us encourage everyone here Not to be intimidated, because if they have you, they are light. And to let their light shine. Help us all to let our light shine. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.